Thank you for listening to The Mighty Flying Bunny. This series will be more enjoyed while using headphones. Please remember that this is a work of fiction. Any resemblance with anything real, names, characters, places, etc., it's purely coincidental. This tea is delicious, said Demir as she took the last sip of her cup. Do you want more? asked the prince. Sure, Zane. I could have another cup. Zane took the teapot and poured some tea into the prince's cup. They were having lunch on the dining room. Only the both of them. The room was really big. The table was really extended as it was for the official dinners. They were having lunch there. Saint wanted Demir to get familiar with the palace, as she had lost some events because she had get lost in the hallways. Or that's what she had said. She liked the palace and was working on get used to the place. She looked sane while he was taking a bite from a piece of bread. So she started remembering one day when walking through the palace, she found one garden full with tulips from all colors. That surprised her greatly. The lady was about to thank him for the tulips, her favorite flower, when Finn entered the room. Excuse me, prince. Princess? He approached Saint to whisper some words into his ear. After that, Saint looked at Demir and said, Demir, Stephen is back, and there's something. He made a pause. And I have to leave you. Uh, now, please finish your lunch, and I'll go to meet with him. That took the princess by surprise. Wait, you said that this soon is to be my kingdom, so I want to know what's going on. I don't want another surprise. Sure, okay, so uh, let's go to the war room. The lady took a sip of her teacup, or call him here. There were the three of them at the big east terrace. So, said Stephen, I want to see the King Solstra. He looked at Saint and take some looks at Demir. Not as often as he couldn't think clearly with her so near. And as he wanted to kiss her so hard. Even though <clears throat> it was a large cargo, well, it didn't cover the entire amount. I wasn't able to talk to him. You should have been the one showing with the purple salt, saying. You can talk freely. Demir knows all. I mean, that Sorcerer is my uncle, the dead, and the lands he has taken. Explain it, saying. Okay, well, that's it. He's making it hard. 
as there is not an accurate estimated value of the purple salt, he just took it and... We are still on that, interrupted Demer. Yes, answered Stephen. I get it, but I would like to know what the events that led to this situation were. That's not really important right now, Demir, pronounced the prince. Uh, the main issue is to look at resources and... I strongly disagree, saying, replied the lady. As it seems that you have been paying a lot, yet the kingdom is still owing. And Stephen is right about something. Maybe us should be paying a visit to the King Solstra. As he realized that the princess and his first advisor agreed on the same idea, Saint ordered the preparations for a trip. At first, only him and Demer, but eventually, Stephen was included in the cortege. At the princess chamber, there was Iria fixing Demer's attires for the trip. The princess entered to the room as she had been on the balcony, went to the couch. After a couple of minutes, she lay down into the bed, then back to the balcony. She then went inside and stood in front of the mirror. She put some power on her face, then perfume, and changed her earrings. Iria carefully kept making the suitcase. But seeing the princess all anxious, she finally decided to talk. Milady, can I ask you something? No, replied the princess, because the answer is yes. I'm nervous. I want to see Stephen, but I don't know how, and I don't want that anybody finds out. Also, I'm sure that it is not the best idea. All right then, my princess. In that case, please allow me to tell you that I haven't found your suitcase. I found some replacement here for most of the clothes, but I am not sure of all its content, as it was not packed by me. It's okay, Iria. We'll keep the search after we return. And I don't know its content either. Dusk arrived quietly. Finn reached Demir chamber to announce the ladies the time for supper, where Demir was expected as usually. Sane and Stephen were the only ones at the table when Finn gave the news that the princess wouldn't join them that night. It was dark at the Nubian palace. While some steps were slightly perceived on the hall, as if whoever was walking 
tried not to make any noise. The sound stopped in front of the emerged door. While knocking, it opened, as it was not entirely closed. Demir, are you there? asked Stephen. Come on in, I am here, alone. The man entered the room. Demir was sitting on the couch. She was wearing a white silk pyjama and a semi-transparent nightgown over it. So... So, you look beautiful, my dear. Yeah, that I know. But that's not what I am asking, Stephen. Okay. And what are you asking? Said Stephen. I am asking you, how did you... No. Why did you do it? And by that? I mean, marrying me at my kingdom. And then all of what happened between you and me on our way here? Responded the woman. Don't you have any decency? Or respect? For me or for my land's tradition? The room remained in silence for some minutes. Finally, the man replied. After that night when you showed at my room, I was greatly surprised. But I was really shocked when it was you who were the bride. I kind of tried to fight my instincts after that. But you were amazing, Demer. We traveled for ten days straight, said the lady. We went to Treris. You have plenty of time. At that point, I just couldn't anymore. You casted a spell on me. I had developed big feelings for you by then. I even thought of not coming back here. But Zane, he's like a brother to me, answered the man. A brother? Don't be cynic, Stephen. To this point, Stephen had been stood up next to the couch. Demir got up and slapped him. I deserve that, he said. Oh no, you deserve more. She lifted her hand again, but the man took her wrist, and without hesitation, he kissed her. You're still my wife. I am gonna make you forget everything else. He lifted the lady who wasn't fighting anymore to place her on the bed. He took one of her sleeves of the gown to kiss her shoulder, then the other. She lost her mind with the touch of these hands that were familiar to her body's geography. 
he passed his tongue through her clavicle to then go up to her neck, which he licked and kissed softly. That made her hold down any thought of common sense within her and indulge to the sensations the man was capable of provoking her. She lifted her arms over her head. He then passed his hands all over them, slowly, until reaching the palms, which he took with his hands, and they fused holding. All of that while he kept kissing her neck, her breath intensified. Then he made all the way down from the hands, the forearms, and kept going down to the side of her body on the woman's chest. He then proceeded with the mouth, stopping on the gap between her breasts, that place that feels as paradise, where nothing bad can happen. He then started touching her soft pearls, that made her moan. Steve reached down to take her silk raiment, no, leave it on, whispered Tamer. So, as he could, placed his leg between the lady's legs. He felt her silky path all humid. So he kept kissing and touching her upper body, while his leg her on the outside, provoking her to move her hips up and down while she rubbed herself to his leg, to his anatomy. He went up with his mouth to her neck and ear licking, kissing and biting, he could felt how the woman was tracing her way out of there, out of the reality, as it became more intense. She made her movements stronger onto the mans, and slowly she burst out he couldn't but see her face, drawing the intense pleasures she was feeling. So he kept moving, helping her to reach to the place she had lost herself in. All the mourning of the woman was perceived by him as a signal 
to join her as he was all engorged. So he put one hand inside her silky pyjama to take off her panties. That broke her back. She took his wrist and said, No, Steven. You're my woman. He tried to keep taking it off. No, I'm Princess Demir. Don't forget that. She pushed him back. Now, I ask you to leave. I need to rest for tomorrow's trip. Making an enormous effort, he stood up the bed, slowly walked to the door, stopped there, and turned his face to see the princess, who was with her eyes shut, setting herself inside the blanket. The man left the room rich. Iria reached Stephen out in the hall. He then said, I just wanted to make sure that she's ready. Iria answered him, Oh my lord, she is now ready.